0: And um, you may have guessed already, but I'd like to start by showing you a small video clip. I thought I'd just say a few words of introduction before you watch it, so you can make sense of what's going on. Um, So this is, uh, it's not directly Christmas related, although it is indirectly, and you'll find out why in a minute. Um, It's an experiment that happened a few years ago. Uh, The Washington Post um, put this this, uh, experiment on in a Washington, D.C. subway. They got uh, a famous classical violinist called Joshua Bell, And they got him to busk and pose as a busker in this Washington subway. um, And then they filmed what happened. And this is the result. So, if you ready, uh, let's roll the clip. Thanks. It's a great clip, isn't it? So uh, Joshua Bell played for about 45 minutes. Uh, He played a few pieces by Bach, some of the most beautiful music ever written. He played on a violin which was, I can't believe this, the violin itself was worth two and a half million pounds, a Stradivarius violin, one of the finest in the world. Um, a couple of days before, he'd sold out a concert hall in Boston and tickets averaged about $100 each. And uh, he played for 45 minutes. About six people stopped to listen, uh, of about 1,000 who walked through in that time. And he collected about $30. There you go. It's a great story, isn't it? This guy's there, he's a Grammy Award winning classical violinist. And uh, he he was uh, ignored by the vast majority of people that that morning. There's something kind of tantalizing about it, I think. Uh, The people that were walking through that subway station that morning, they came so close to greatness, some of them even walked right up to him, and they walked on by, they just missed it. So, why do I show you that clip? Well, some of you may have guessed. I think it's quite a nice illustration of what happens around this time of year, every year at Christmas time, up and down the country. See, at the center of the Christmas story is this baby in a manger, Jesus. And the Christian claim is that child is the son of God. He is none other than God himself, God in human form. He's fully man and he's fully God. That's the Christian claim about Jesus Christ, not just as a baby but through his life. It's an incredible claim. And if you stop and think about it, if that's really true, and if Jesus, the man, if Jesus, the baby, really is fully God, it changes everything. If he is God, that changes what we think God is like. It changes how we think God operates. It changes everything. That's greatness. There's greatness in that manger. And every year, people walk right up to Jesus. They even look in the manger, and then they walk on by. It's tantalizing couple of examples this year um, I'm having two new experiences at Christmas this doesn't happen very often Christmas is normally the same old same old but this year I've got two new experiences one's happened already and, and one's in the future so my first new experience this year was going to the Christmas lights being switched on in Chippenham it was great I've lived here for two years um, for one reason or other nearly three years actually um, I couldn't make it so this this year was my first time so we got our our hats and our gloves and our scarves on this is back in the days when it used to be cold at winter time. It felt like actual winter. Um, so we, we got, fought our way through the crowds, past the hot dog vans, past the men selling garden gnomes and high vis jackets, not quite sure why. Fought through the crowds, got to the big screen, and there we were, waiting for, for Torval and Dean. And we found some friends, and uh, there we were. It was great. And while we were waiting, there were some carols being sung. I thought, I'll just listen to what the words are. This, uh, this choir on the stage while we waited for the big, big show. And they were singing. Um, See Amid the Winter Snow, traditional carol. And I listened to some of the words they were singing, and it blew my mind. I'll I'll read some of the words. Verse 2. It says, Lo, within a manger lies he who built the starry skies. Just stop and think about that for a minute. Within a manger lies he who built the starry skies. That's the Christian claim about Jesus. The universe was created through him. He has always been God. And here he is lying in a manger. And it's the same for all the traditional carols, all the carols we've sung so far this afternoon. The descriptions of Jesus in those carols are jaw-dropping. And the, the worship of this child in itself, that's incredible. People are worshipping this baby, but the words come out of our mouths, um, and they're so familiar, it's like we're walking right up to Jesus, and then, and then walking on by, because it's so familiar. second new experience this year... Uh, excitedly looking forward to this on Tuesday, going to my first school nativity of my eldest daughter. She's um, in her school play, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm not sure who's more excited, her or me. Um, So I'm taking the afternoon off work. going to watch her be a narrator in her school play. And um, I've I've read the script of the play. She brought her home to practice, and it's kind of cute and funny. There's animals, and they talk to each other, and they're chatting about who's going to get what gift they want for Christmas. And uh, it goes on. They sing some songs. It's all very sweet. And the climax of the nativity story is when one of the animals talks about Jesus and says, that's the greatest gift for us all. Jesus, God's son, given to us. And again, you think, wow. And this is going to be repeated up and down the country in thousands, hundreds of thousands of schools. Jesus being worshipped as God's son. It's already taken place in many schools um, across the country. And again, it's so familiar that we miss the significance. There within a manger lies... He who built the starry skies. It's a bit like we're in that subway. And we're walking through and we go right up to greatness. And it's under our noses and we keep going. So it's a great illustration for for what's happening at Christmas this time of year. There's obviously lots of similarities between what happened in that subway and what happens in the Christmas story. There's also a few differences And what I want to do for the the rest of the time briefly is just take you through what I think are three big differences between what happened in that that subway, in that experiment, and what we see in the Christmas story, with reference to some of the readings that we've had already this afternoon. So, first difference. Um, Jesus' birth was not civilised. It was actually very messy. So, a, a guy playing classical music... Uh, in a subway, to wealthy middle-class commuters going to their nice jobs and going home to their nice apartments, it's all very like nice and neat and tidy and civilized. And Jesus' birth was anything but civilized. I don't know if you spotted in the reading, um, Jesus was born into suspicion. So Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph um, in one of the first readings we had, uh, but she was found to be with child before they came together. And what Joseph assumed was what everyone else would have assumed. She's been with another man. That's how she's had this child. She's been unfaithful. Joseph had a vision from an angel. That was another of our readings. And the, the angel put him straight and told him the truth. But the rest of the, the village where they lived didn't have a vision. The rest of their family and friends didn't have a vision. They weren't told the truth, and they wouldn't have believed the truth. There would have been a huge cloud of suspicion hanging over Joseph and Mary as they traveled to Bethlehem and as Jesus was born. He was born into that. But not only the... the the, um, the other people's view of the birth was, uh, was messy. It was the actual birth itself. There was no guest room available. We all know the story. Um, they had to, to go to a... Um, he was born with the animals. He was placed in a manger. Um, just thinking back to our daughter's birth, both daughters were born in hospitals, different hospitals, but the same setup in a birthing suite. I don't know if you've been in these birthing suites in these hospitals. They're like mini hotels, and they've got a, a nice birthing pool, and uh, there's, there's sterilized equipment. There's gas and air on tap. And there's there's a little CD player. You can even play your own relaxing music while the birth happens. It's all very nice. Um, Nothing like that for Jesus. It was messy. His birth was messy. He was put in a manger because there was no room in the guest room for them. And he was was literally with the animals. Couldn't have been more different. It wasn't a neat and tidy and civilized start to life. It was messy. And look, you may feel like your life is messy this this year. um, This Christmas perhaps especially so. Christmas has a great way of revealing messiness in our lives and those around us. You might feel like your life's the opposite of a classical concert. Maybe your life's more like a, a noisy din of pots and pans with out of control children or with the background of, of tension and, and arguments and, and maybe uh, suspicions, maybe in your own home. And Jesus can identify. He came into that. His birth was messy. Number two, Jesus' birth was not hidden, it was announced. So the whole point of this experiment that I showed was that Joshua Bell, the, the, the violinist, was incognito. It wasn't publicised. No one knew who he was. But Jesus' birth was announced in multiple ways to multiple different types of people. I don't know if you noticed that in the readings, a little bit of a theme. So first of all, it was announced to the people involved through angels. Mary had a visit from an angel. Joseph had a visit from an angel. The shepherds had a visit from an angel. and angel literally means messenger. It came to announce the news of Jesus' birth but not just to those involved. Jesus' birth was announced to the Jewish people in scriptures hundreds of years before he was born. So that first reading we had from the prophet Isaiah, written 700 years before Jesus was born. And it's predicting his birth, where he would come, what he would be. They were given plenty of warning. So to the people involved, to the Jewish people, but also to the rest of the world. In this star in the sky, the star the wise men saw, that was something they wouldn't just have been visible to them. The star was... Visible to everyone. It's like God is putting a sign in the heavens saying, everyone, look out. My, my son is coming into the world. It's announcing it to everyone. So unlike the people walking through that subway, we don't have a reason not to know about it. It's been announced well in advance to, to many different people. We've been given all the information we know, we need. So one, Jesus' birth wasn't civilized. It was messy. It wasn't hidden. It was announced. Thirdly, and perhaps most importantly, Jesus was born not to entertain, but to rescue. So the whole point of violin playing is to entertain. People pay money, go to a concert, and listen to nice music, and they're happy. But the purpose of Jesus coming was far greater than that. If you've got one of these um, books on your chair, please, please grab it. And um, I'd like you to turn to chapter 2 in this book. Um, it's on page 8, near the start. Uh, chapter two. This is a copy of Luke's gospel, by the way. Um, one of the gospel accounts of Jesus' life. And there in, on page 8, underneath the heading, the shepherds and the angels, verse 10, the, the small number 10, um, says these words. And this was part of one of the readings earlier. The angel said to them, um, that's the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. The angels don't say to the shepherds, born to you this day in the city of David is a spiritual guru who will tell you all you need to have a meaningful life. They don't say, born to you this day in the city of David is a social activist who would do all he can to reduce pain and suffering in your world and make your life a better, a better, the world a better place for everyone. He doesn't say that. Born to you this day is a saviour, Christ the Lord. Jesus didn't come just to make our lives better, just to improve our quality of life or to entertain. He came to save. He came to rescue. And if he came as savior, the implication is we need saving from something. The implication is we're in danger. If you think back to our illustration, it's a bit like uh, Joshua Bell is there in the subway and he's wearing firefighter gear with an axe in his hand. And he's going to a train that's burning. And he's hacking people out. He's pulling them to safety. And the train's about to explode. That's a bit more like the picture we have of, of Jesus. He's coming to save. He's coming to rescue. Rescue people who are in danger. And that kind of picture doesn't sit too well with us in our society. We like to think that as a people, as a humanity, we're on the path to improvement. We're getting better. We don't need rescue. But our experience tells us otherwise. If we look around at the world and look at what humans are doing to each other and what humans are doing to our world and the evil we're capable of as humanity, even in the past year, 2016, Look back at what's happened on the world stage. It's hard to think of a country or a culture where there's not some kind of issue where division is growing, suspicion is growing, and the gap between rich and poor is increasing. It's almost as though humanity is not on the rise. It's on the downward spiral. It's almost as though we're disintegrating. And Jesus says, that's because we're disconnected from God and his life. That's because when we're disconnected from God, we turn in on ourselves we live for ourselves. We, we live out of self-interest. And that's why all these things happen. That's, that's why we're on this downward spiral. We've, we've, we're cut off from God. And that's not just the case in the, in, in the world. We see that in ourselves as well. This inward turn, this self We carry our problems around with us. And that's the case at this time of year more than any, isn't it? We carry our problems into our Christmas celebrations, and that's what often turns them sour. But the Christmas story is this. Jesus... And you could put in brackets, God has come into our world to rescue us from the pit we've dug ourselves by shutting God out. And he's come to give us life, the life we were made for. So here's the question. How will you respond to Jesus this Christmas? That morning in the subway, there were over a 1,000 people who walked past Joshua Bell as he was playing. I imagine some of them probably never even heard him. They had their headphones in. They were absorbed in their own world, getting to work, some guy playing a violin, not interested. Other people probably did listen. Um, maybe some stopped for a, a minute, a few seconds. Perhaps they were impressed by the quality of busking on a show that morning. But they're too busy, too busy with, with work, too busy with plans to stop and listen. And there was one person, don't know if you saw her in the video, one person recognised who he was and stopped for long enough to meet him. So what about you? Maybe you're like the first group. Maybe you've never even heard Jesus speaking to you. You've got your headphones in, and you're absorbed in your own world and your own problems and your own plans, and you're just too busy. And there's some guy over here speaking words, and you never even listen to him. Or maybe you have heard something of Jesus speaking to you, and maybe you have stopped to listen for a few minutes, and maybe you're impressed. Maybe you're impressed by who he is and the quality of what he says, the quality of his life. But ultimately, you are just too busy with plans, with presents, with family, to stop and meet him. Or maybe you are one of those who stopped for long enough to actually get to know him. Maybe you're one of those who have received his offer of life. I want to say, if you're not, if you've never stopped to hear the music, never stopped to listen to Jesus, why not make this the year when you do? We've got these Gospels. Take one of these as our gift to you. Says Luke's Gospel. Read this and you will meet Jesus and he will speak to you. Read it and stop for long enough to let his words pierce into your heart. Get to know Jesus from the lips of eyewitnesses who knew him themselves. And chat to someone afterwards, someone at the front, someone who invited you. We'd love to help you get to know him better. This Christmas, why not stop and listen for Jesus for long enough to meet him? Maybe you've done that already. Stop again. Remind yourself how beautiful the music is. Maybe you've never heard him before. Why not stop for long enough to meet him? It could change your life.